Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. And we are joined by our master gardener friend, Teresa Rooney, on this uh, brisk, brisk Saturday brisk, morning. Brisk, Hi. Good brisk, to see you, Teresa. It's good to see you, Denny. Thanks for coming back, helping My our pleasure. listeners out. And if you are familiar with the show, you know we tend to get a little busy. So if you have any kind of a lawn and garden question, yes, we do this show 52 weeks a year. Exactly. Makes no difference. Gardeners are always thinking gardens. True. And I remember, not remember, but I think it was last Sunday morning, Jim Gilbert said, uh, starting to see uh, seed catalogs. Yes. Come in. I mm-hmm. thought, well, there's a sign. There's catalogs, yeah. So How about that? <laughs> it's, it's all that beautiful garden yes. art we get to see. And it's almost the middle of December. It is. Uh, if you have a, any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to talk to Teresa. 651 989 that's the phone number. If you'd rather send her a text, that's easy too. 81807. 81807. And you know, Denny, you mentioned oh. the catalogs. Um, if you have a gardener that just kind of like all of a sudden, oh, this catalog X comes in and your gardener starts to drool and get very excited <laughs> and you don't know what to get for the holidays. Yeah. Figure out what catalog that was and get that gardener a gift certificate for that catalog. What a great idea. You know, and put it under the tree, and they'll go and they'll find, they'll probably take it right out, and then they'll go over to the catalog, and for the rest of that holiday, they'll just be looking at the catalog trying that, to spend That really, when you think about it, uh, the gardening being the number one leisure time exactly. activity in the mm-hmm. whole United States, exactly, uh, you can't go wrong with uh, something you like that. You can't, or to their favorite store, um, yep. especially because there's so many times you want to get somebody something, but you're not quite sure what they need or what they have. Yeah. You know, maybe they need a pruner, but the pruners are a very personal kind of thing, so you just don't want to give them a pruner because if it's the wrong size, shape, whatever, it's not going to work or the wrong shovel doesn't have a lip like they like it or whatever. It's sometimes easier just to, you know. Or maybe, I just thought of that as you were giving these great ideas, how about uh, connection to the Arboretum? Uh, Yes, exactly. You know, uh, a membership to the Arboretum is fantastic. Uh, Membership to Northern Gardener. So then you can go and you can go to the Northern Gardener store. You can get your Northern Gardener magazine every every month. Um, It's just fantastic and so it's really wonderful ways to and then every time your gardener uses that article or goes to the arb or gets their northern gardener magazine they'll think of you. Absolutely. Again, uh, by the yard are uh, good folks down in Jordan, Minnesota that make the best patio furniture in the whole world. They uh, sponsor the show every week. That could be a good gift too. <laughs> That's fantastic because this is a lot of in fact we mentioned that right now a gift card mm-hmm. for them is a great idea for mm-hmm. that. We'll talk about at the CCO Land Company coming up. But if you do have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Teresa, 651 989 
Uh, we've left a line open if you want to use it. Or uh, send a text like some folks are already doing, 81807. We, uh, <laughs> we always, as you know, Teresa, always get... I mean, there are no prizes involved here. Somebody mentions Creeping Charlie. There's a question about it. But this person, Texter, says, what is the real name for that fun plant, Creeping Charlie? Is there a real name for there it? There is a Latin name for it, and I don't remember what it is right now. But you, now. you, you folks have always said that it's a member of the mint family. It is a member of the mint. It's a, I can't remember um, what the Latin name is. It just has escaped my brain. There was another plant that I, I tried to this many years ago. That I think it it was called the carpet bugle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that a ring a bell? That's a juga. A juga, mm-hmm. yes. That, a couple of names. that one I know. The Latin is that, a juga, <laughs> and you know that's a really important question too because common names can be very confusing. So you sometimes need to figure out the Latin name mm-hmm. so you're actually getting the right plant because it could be called the same thing. Different plants could be called the same thing in different parts of the world, and uh, yeah. Now, is this the time of the year about uh, folks are interested in becoming a master gardener? What's the process, well, by the way? Well, it's too late now. It is. Well, it's never really too late. You'd be preparing yourself for next year. Um, the, the, actually, the upcoming master gardener classes will be starting in January. So we have all of our new master gardener classes coming in. They'll have classes out at the ARB, or they take them online, or a combination. So if you can't get to the Arboretum, you can do them all online or you can do whatever kind of combination. But what you do is you contact your your county. You can go online, How to Become a Master Gardener. Just go to extension.umn.edu and click on the Yalong and Garden tab. And there'll be a tab in there, um, How Do I Become a Master Gardener? And you put your name, um, you present your name, and then in about August or September, you'll get some information from your county. And here in Hennepin County, what we do is we send out a little questionnaire, and then we invite all those people in for interviews. And this year, I think we had about 70-some interviews. Wow. And we accepted, I think, either 61 or 65. And sometimes we don't accept them. Maybe maybe they just can't do the master gardening, or they didn't realize what it was, or they just don't, oh, no, I don't want a public speak or whatever. Mm. Um, and then, then, then it's a real simple interview process. You know, two master gardeners and our coordinator just ask a bunch of questions. We ask the same questions of everybody, just general, you know, why do you want to become a master gardener, um, some of your gardening experiences. And you don't have to know everything about gardening. Master you gardeners, don't. You don't. And, and master gardeners, my way of thinking a master gardener is someone who loves to garden, loves to learn about gardening, and wants to share that information with their community. That's a master gardener, um, and and you don't so you don't know how to you don't know everything, but we learn how to find things. We learn the questions to ask to get to the real problem, so then we can find the real answers for you. Are there more men getting into the business being a master gardener? There are actually, yeah. So so we are getting a lot, and we're getting some, um, uh, some of the younger generation, which is wonderful. They're so interested in growing the food and the vegetables and. Community justice and and for for Minnesota, the, I think we have oh I can't remember now it's ten ten priorities and what we're trying to do is um, you know community uh, you know safe food and healthy water and na- nearby nature and engaging our community so we have a lot of different aspects we're trying to uh, to touch on the public and that's what we go for six five one nine eight nine nine two two six if you have a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney call it in. Or like some folks are doing, send a text. That number is 81807. Teresa, we mentioned a seed catalog Mm -hmm. earlier. And someone, and I don't know if you can name any, but the the texter wants to know what is a good seed catalog to get. 
And how do you find it? I mean, I suppose you could just Google some, right? You can just Google. You can also Carla Arboretum. Ah. They have a wonderful library that has all the seed catalogs in the entire universe. I think they get some from Mars and Jupiter and places like that, too. But they have everything, and they could really give you some good direction. Um, The library people could there. But, um, you know, ask gardeners that you like and that you like their garden where they get their seeds from, what are good seeds, and then get a few different catalogs and compare them. Because if one is way out where this everything is fantastic and gorgeous and, and everything is wonderful and everybody else is saying this is okay, this is okay, that one is a little maybe not what you want to look mm-hmm. at. But there's some good local catalogs and there's some good um, outstate catalogs too. And have we changed, you know, we, we, I always heard we were zone four here yep, in the we're, Twin Cities. We're still zone four. We're there still. are Minneapolis was kind of a zone five. So there are pockets. We've got this little heat island here with mm. all, the, oh, sure. con- all the concrete and everything. Um, so, so we have zone five. And actually in your garden, you might have a zone three where mm. it's really cold and really hard on plants. And you might have a zone six or seven. So you have microclimates all over your garden, all over your yard. So look in your yard, see what's growing, and, and experiment because you just never know what you can grow in your yard. Six five one nine eight. We got to head to a break here, Teresa. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Any kind of lawn or garden question, you want to talk to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, or send a text. We'll pick up on those when we come back too. Eight one eight zero seven is the text number. Fog and mist. Our CCO temperature reading eighteen degrees. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. We thank our friends like Teresa Rooney, who is a master gardener, helping us out today, helping you out either by phone or by text. Six five. I see one line open if you want to use it. 651-989-9226. Text number is being a little active, Teresa. <laughs> that number is 81807. Uh, I'll tell you what, let, let me grab a text here, and then I want to ask you a question okay. about holiday uh, mm-hmm. plants. Is there a way, Texter says, for me to propagate my Christmas cactus? There certainly is. What you want to do is you'll break off a little, a little like a finger or one of those little segments. Let it dry just, you know, maybe overnight. You, what you want is that end to callus up a little bit. And then just put that in into soil, sand that's slightly damp and keep it slightly damp. And eventually it will root out. That's how they would propagate in the wild. Little bits fall off and new babies mm. come. Just like that. Just like that. It's amazing. Well, you know, speaking of Christmas cactus, things like that, what, uh, you know, people are decorating with poinsettias, whatnot. Mm -hmm. What's some advice from you? So if you're bringing in plants into your house, um, first of all, uh, the foil foil wrapper they come in is very pretty, but it's not going to let the plant drain properly. So take that off and put it in another container so that it can drain so you can empty the water off. If you want to put the foil back on over that other container, that's fine. But but lots of times they'll you'll fill you'll water it and then all the roots will get soggy and it'll die. It'll get root rot. But we also have to worry about our pets because our pets True. should not be eating vegetables. Are good for us, but some plants are not good for us. So this time of year, you're not going to see an Easter lily, but that's extremely poisonous to cats. It is, huh? Very poisonous. So so if you have a cat, don't even bring it into the house or put it in a room where the cat can never get to it. Um, poinsettias are not really poisonous. Um, they have a, a if you've ever broken a poinsettia, it has this stuff that drips out like white latex, mm. and that's going to taste so awful and bitter that any child or pet is probably not going to eat it. But they have to eat like five hundred leaves to start getting to get sick, mm. you know. So unless they're like deathly allergic to that, you don't have to worry about it. 
there are some other plants that could be poisonous, you know, the amaryllis and things like that. Um, the uh, the little bulbs people grow that are in the daffodil family, those are poisonous So in hyacinths. So you don't want to be letting your pets eat those kind of things or your children. So just keep an eye on them. That's good. What about a host or hostess gift as far as green Green stuff. You know, uh, that's uh, you know who know what your hostess is is doing. Um, you know, you want to make sure that they don't have maybe somebody in the house that has um, allergies or well, asthma, because then you could get some you could get some issues with allergies and asthma. And there's a lot of dust that comes in on our Christmas trees, which is why lots of times you buy a Christmas tree and you come in and then somebody suddenly is sneezing. Well, there's pollen and dust on your Christmas tree because obviously none of us wash our trees before no, we bring them in. They, Not on purpose. Anyway. They're outside in the dirt, in the air, so they get dusty. So uh, feel free. And if you're really wondering, you really want, you love this, whatever it is, ask your hostess. If they're a gardener, they'll probably be happy to get something. If you go to their house all the time and you realize they have no plants whatsoever, maybe a bottle of wine. Listen to Jack Farrell and get a bottle of wine. Good idea. (laughs) Uh, A couple of texts are inquiring about, and we get get this every week, uh, as far as uh, tree trimming. Mm -hmm. Are there trees that we can or should not trim yet? You can pretty much trim anything. Um, You know, it's not the best time of year. I, I know you can. Things should be dormant. So that should be okay. It's okay for oaks. Isn't it's okay it? for all the oaks and the elms. Um, I don't think we're going to see any insects out there, so right. we're okay. Um, and yeah, so later in the season is is actually a little better for for the tree's health. But if you need to do it now, go ahead and do it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your evergreens, I wouldn't do a lot of trimming on those. And why is that? Well, they need all the all the nutrition they can get. Um, uh, if you want to get some for your holiday decorations, go ahead and do some light trimming, but that's okay. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text uh, line is active eight one eight zero seven. If that's easier for you than a phone call, uh, here's one, uh, Teresa. I bought a uh, magnolia tree this past summer. Is there anything I need to do to keep it healthy? And do I prune it? And if so, when? That uh, comes from mm-hmm. Darlene from Chisago City. Okay. Darlene, um, your magnolia has already set its buds for next year. You'll notice that the, there's little swellings on the end of the branches. So that's next year's flowers. So obviously you don't want to do trimming right now. Because it blooms in the spring, along with your lilacs, mock oranges, um, azaleas, and rhododendrons, all of those that bloom really early in the spring, they set their flowers about three weeks after they finish blooming. So you don't want to do any trimming now. You can trim them, but understand you're cutting off the flowers. So we probably don't want to do any trimming on those. I would protect your plants from bunnies and moles. How do you do that? Not moles, voles and bunnies. Um, Get some hardware cloth, which looks like screen with big holes in it. Mm -hmm. It's wire. Just make a cylinder and put it around the tree trunk. Um, Or get chicken wire, make a little... um, cylinder and put uh, that around your spireas and things like that. The bunnies, you know, if we get enough snow, the bunnies may hop over the, with the snow and then they might nibble off the rest of the spirea that's above the snow, but at least you'll have protected it as far as that. Those magnolia trees are gorgeous. Though, they are they? gorgeous. And it's un- short term. <laughs> and, and it is really short term, but um, we are seeing a lot of magnolia scale that's oh, really? come in in the past few years. So watch your magnolia. If it starts looking kind of uh, shiny or maybe you see a lot of flies and um, and hornets on the leaves, it's a lot of buzzing. There's a lot of syrup on that. Um, it's the it's the you know, excrement from the scale, which is kind of like sugar water, and um, that's attracting them. And it will be- eventually kill your magnolia. So you wow. have to treat it or take it out. Wow. Let's go to the phone, Teresa. Ruth is calling from River Falls with a question. Good morning, Ruth. How can we help you? Hey, Ruth. 
Good morning. I have this beautiful poinsettia that was brought to me last night. And each year when I get one, I seem to end up losing leaves. Mm -hmm. And then it just gets to be this kind of long... Long, scraggly thing. (laughs) And and it's so beautiful. I just don't know how often to water. You talked about not letting the roots get... Right. Sitting in water. So, so it's just it's just like any of your houseplants or most of your houseplants. You want the soil slightly moist, but you want the water to drain out. So we leave them, if we leave them in the foil, the water has nowhere to go. So it just sits there and it just gets sucked up and, and eventually it gets a root rot. Um, so, so keep it in a cooler area of your house. Um, it doesn't have to sit in the bright brightest window right away. Um, just let it be out where maybe it's a little cooler. That will keep it a little bit longer. You don't want it super cold. Um, but not right by a heater or anything like that. Hot air blowing on a plant is not fun for the plant. Make it light if possible, and just don't overwater it, but make sure it's getting water, and you want to make sure it's draining. That's really important. And so there's no secret to how often. Just check the soil. You have to check the soil, yeah. Um, you know, you can get a little water gauge if you want, but you want to check the soil because it depends, you know, how how hard you keep your house, what kind of heat you have, whether it's a forced air or whether it's steam heat, so that will be how much moisture you have in your house. So it's really different, you know, how big is the pot, how how is the soil, what kind of soil did they plant it in, how much water is it holding. So there's all those different variables, so we can't really tell you water every Saturday morning sure. while you're listening to Smart Garden. All right. But that's a good thing. Every Saturday morning, check your plants while yeah. you're listening to Smart Garden. Very good. Thank you, Ruth. Appreciate that. If you uh, want to call in your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, uh, we have a uh, line open, 651-989-9226. Keep in mind, we have another half hour of the show to go. We'll take a quick break here, have a look at the forecast. Don't wait till the end of the show, though, to ask your question like it happens a lot, right, Teresa? Exactly. Yeah, you can call it in, or if it's easier, send a text. We'll pick up on some uh, text messages that have since come in, 81807. It's called Smart Garden. Around every Saturday morning in the 8 o'clock hour, brought to us by our friends at By the Yard. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show presented by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture down in Jordan, Minnesota. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is helping you out today, as she does a lot here. We appreciate that. If you want to call in your lawn or garden question, there is a line open, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier for you, send a text, 81807. Uh, you know, Teresa, uh, I'm going to grab a text here in just a second, but uh, let's mention that uh, university website again, mm-hmm. which is a yep. great resource. Yep, and I have something I want to add. After oh, sure. That, if possible. Okay, extension.umn.edu, and then kick on the yard and garden line. Okay. That's wonderful. Now, this is the time of year when people are get, buying firewood. Oh, Make yeah. sure you're not moving firewood. So it has to be local. You don't want to move it from county to county. Because you could be bringing insects. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't know how bad it is in the winter, but I know in the summertime, especially if you're going up to the cabin, mm-hmm. buy your firewood up there. Don't move insects from one area of a state to the other, or from one state to the other. So, so be careful. So be careful. All right. <laughs> Here's a text, Teresa. Uh, Hi, we just bought a new house this fall, and the yard is everything from moss to clover to who knows what. Uh, what can I do to make my lawn beautiful grass only? Okay. Uh, first of all, you need to know that your lawn needs full sun. So if it's not going to have full sun, you're never going to have a golf course lawn. So you have to decide, do I want full sun out there or do I want to keep some of my trees? That's some of your attitude or some of your ideas. You also have to figure, okay, maybe I can keep some of the trees, get rid of some, and then have lawn on that side where it's nice and sunny. 
The moss is there because the ground is not that rich. It's fairly infertile. The moss is also there because the soil is compacted, mm-hmm. because it's moist, and because there's not a lot of air circulation. So you'll need to add some compost. You'll need to till up the soil, get rid of the moss. You'll need to make sure you have good air, comp- air circulation, that it's not really damp there, and that it's getting full sun. Clover is a wonderful addition to a lawn if you want to have it in there. Um, I know you said grass only, but clover is a nitrogen fixer. And as the clover dies, those little nodules break off and they disintegrate and, and actually feed your lawn. I did not lawn. know that. Mm-hmm. And, the yeah. bee, and the bees love it. And the bees love it. So it's a really good additive if, you can, if you're okay with that in your lawn. If you're not, you would use a broadleaf weed killer on that. Um, and then go to our yard and garden section, extension.umn.edu. They have some actually wonderful area, uh, wonderful links on how to figure out what's wrong with my lawn, how to redo my lawn, when should I just oversee it, or when do I have to start from scratch? Oh. So it's some really good information about how to proceed and the right way to do it. Speaking of seeding, I was hoping now with the snow on the lawn, and who knows if that'll last, mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping to do some dormant seeding yet, and I may be a little late. You may be a little late. If the yeah. snow's there, you're too late. Yeah. It should have gone under the snow. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll find something else to do, I'm sure. If we get a melt and suddenly you see all the lawn out I'll be there, out there. Throw out, some, throw out some dormant seeds or throw out some seeds and, uh, you know, hope that the, the voles and the birds don't eat them. Don't eat them. <laughs> sure. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, Dave sent it. By the way, if you want to send a text, 81807 or call Teresa, 651-989-9226. What colors, Dave wants to know, do poinsettias come and naturally? Uh, pretty much your white and your red and your pink. They have done a lot of breeding, so you get the the purples. And then lots of times you will see them actually painted or spray painted different colors. When they grow out of that, um, it's actually some of the leaves that turn color. Um, it's not the flowers. It's actual leaves that are turning colors. So, But the leaves are green, and then they turn red or white or the pink color with the light variation. Keep in mind, Teresa is going to be here for about another, oh, 18 minutes or so, 15, 18 minutes, uh, if you want to send a text or call her. Uh, I have, texter says, you're going to have to help me with this, a marginata that is eight feet tall with three main stalks and 10 branches off of those. Mm -hmm. How do I trim it? Well, you you can cut it all the way back to the ground to the soil level if you want to. Otherwise, just trim it back as as you want. It's a it's a it's a house plant. It's a tropical house plant. So just trim off what you don't need, and then as it keeps growing taller, just cut that part back. Because if you don't want it taller, you, uh, you know if it's already eight feet tall, that might be tall enough for your area. So just trim back the part that keeps wanting to go up. Okay, <laughs> here's a comment. A Creeping Charlie comment. <laughs> person says, a Charlie horse and Creeping Charlie, both a pain. They are. <laughs> now, someone asked, uh, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, about uh, seeding. Can you grow, would a place sell Creeping Charlie Creeping seeds? Creeping Charlie seeds. I don't know that I've seen that out there. I'm sure somewhere in the world of the Internet you probably could. <laughs> but um, why? But, but why would you want to do that? Yeah. I'm not really sure because all you'd really need is just a, a little bit from your neighbor. From and your neighbor, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're yeah. done. Yeah. 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 Uh, texter says, my, by the way, if you want to send a text, 81807. Here is another one. My poinsettia is a big, beautiful bush from being outside all summer. Mm-hmm. What can we do to have the red leaves? Ah, I would, again, suggest going to the extension.umn.edu. It's a combination of total darkness 
and then so certain amount of light. And I and I can't remember if it's a 12 and 12 or what it is. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing because it's been years since I've thought about it because I always thought that's way too much work. But it means total darkness. So you have to have total darkness and then you have to have bright light. So that's you have it has to be the change of going back and forth and it's consistent for a number of ye- weeks before those um, top leaves will start to turn color for you. Okay. Uh, remember somebody, we were talking about uh, another name for Creeping Charlie or the the, mm-hmm, the, Latin. the Latin name. Mm-hmm. And my two years of Latin are not going to help me now. Okay. So I'm going to try this. Uh, Creeping Charlie might be, Texter says, Glaucoma heterosea. I believe that is right. How mm-hmm. about that? Yep, yep. I believe and in that parentheses, is right. it says mint family. Mint. Yep, it's in the mint family. Yep. Okay. And a lot of your mints or all your mints will have square stems. Um, all plants with square stems are not mints. Oh, interesting. So, but all mints have square stems. All right. Thank you for that te- <laughs> texture for that. We have thank sm- you. Thank you know, you. we have smart you listeners. You have very yeah. smart listeners. All yeah. the time. Yeah. I just couldn't remember the, the yeah. Latin. <laughs> Sorry. That's a tough one to remember. It, it is. Too, it yeah. is. But All right. If you want to call in your question, we have a line open for that. 651-989-9226. Or if you want to send a text to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, do that. 81807. Here's another one. How often should I water my aloe plant to keep it healthy? Also, should it be in direct sun? I would give your aloe as much sun as you possibly can. And because it's a it's in the it's in the cacti family, it's very dry. You don't have to water it frequently. Um, just just you'll know when it's starting to get a little too dry. Maybe it'll look a little less less green, less healthy. It'll just get a kind of a gray cast to it. You don't want to wait till the leaves start to shrivel. So maybe give it a Uh, some water maybe twice a month look at it and then again see what your house is doing how dry is your house how bright is that sunlight how much air circulation that will impact is it in a clay pot is it in a plastic pot is it a big plant is it a little plant what kind of soil do you have it in all of those will impact it Um, you don't need to keep it as moist as you would your other house plants though texture wants to know how often do i water um um what's a mire Meyer lemon. lemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they would like to probably be uh, slightly damp. Again, you want really good drainage. And again, that really depends on the size of the pot. Um, with all the things you're going to be watering in the house, try to leave the water out overnight so the chlorine evaporates mm. and so that it comes to room temperature. Plants don't like ice water. And they, some plants are really bad with the chlorine. There's fluoride in the water. You really can't get rid of that. Some plants don't like that either. Um, but, yeah, or use melted snow. Again, let it come to room temperature. You know, we're lucky enough to have a Connecticut drinking water system. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the water. That's good. And if yeah. you have, that's another good thing. If you have water softener, don't use don't that use water. Don't use that. Yeah, that's because true. Because it's salt. Yeah. And salt will eventually kill and sterilize your soil and plants. Good point. So don't use the the water softener. So you may have to buy water or we have, you know, we have snow, we have rain, save it. And you could get the water to the reverse osmosis at grocery stores too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Pretty, yep. pretty yep. reasonably. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Bring yeah. your gallon jug in there. Yeah. And then just let it sit out overnight just to let it come to room temperature. Now they do say that the ice cube on the orchid thing is okay. To me, that just seems so wrong in so many ways. <laughs> but but an how ice, would you like it, right? <laughs> really, yeah. your plant—you can't leave. You're stuck with an ice cube sitting on you. Um, but you know that they say that's okay, so that, that works. But it but room just, temperature is uh, room temperature is best, water yeah. is what your plants okay. want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a text. Uh, we got a lot of text messages. Uh, have a beautiful tall tamarisk mm-hmm. and want to trim, but don't want to lose the beautiful pink foliage. When is the best time? 
uh, flowers both spring and summer. Yep. You can trim that baby all the way to the ground right now if you want. Um, it'll come back. So just trim it as you want. It'll get, it'll reflower. Um, you can trim however you want to. That's a very vigorous, beautiful plant. Um, so go ahead and trim it as you want, and it'll keep flowering for you every year, even if you have to cut it all the way back. Occasionally they do die to the ground, and they come back just as strong. They can easily put on 8, 10 feet a year. Teresa, a texter wants you to re- repeat, please, uh, what plant is very poisonous to cats? Oh, that would be the Easter lily. Easter lily. The white Easter, oh, the, uh, whatever color. I'm assuming they're all white. The Easter lilies. Mm-hmm. And day lilies are poisonous to dogs. So the no daylilies you're growing out in your garden are poisonous to dogs. However, we can eat daylilies. You can eat the flowers and the roots and everything else. You know, there's wonderful, wonderful um, uh, recipes. But, yeah, they are poisonous to your dog. So if you have a dog who eats plants, Look you have to pay attention to this stuff. All right. We need to take a quick break, Teresa. Hang on. We have more show to come. So if you have a lawn and garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call it in or text it in. We have a line open at 651-989-9226. Again, the text number, and we've got a few of those yet, 81807. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here at CCO. We're around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends at By the Yard, Patio Furniture. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us this morning helping you out. And again, we have callers, we have texters. So let's see how mm-hmm. much... Yep. We can get done. We're going to talk about uh, magnolia scale. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that because mm-hmm. there was a uh, another text. Let's see if I can find. They had wasps. It. Uh, turn all on the over. radio tail end. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, regarding magnolia trees, mine was certainly covered, covered with, with wasps, wasps last mm-hmm. season. How should I treat yep. it? Yep, uh, magn- So scale, it's a little crawly insect that builds a little like protective shell over it, and it sits on the stems and sucks all the juices out. So while it's while it's young and active. And active, it's called a crawler, and you can use any insecticide on it. But once it's got that shell, you can't. So you have to use a systemic, which means you have to probably pour something on the ground. Um, you can also spray horticulture oil. That's supposed to um, smother them. But otherwise, you pour something on the ground. It's sucked up by the plant. It makes the whole plant poisonous. And so that's a systemic. But I would suggest going to extension.umn.edu and see what you can find out about it. Um, you know, in any time you have an insect problem in your yard, I suggest, if possible, trying to get as many birds in there. Because mm. if you keep your houseplants outside all summer long, you'll notice they never have bugs on them because the birds and the other insects are taking care of them. But when you bring them in the house, you put them in this environment, and now the bad bugs can really come back. So try to get a really healthy environment going outside in your garden, lots of birds, lots of other insects. Try limiting your use of pesticides. You can get a really good, even environment going so nothing gets too much out of, out of bounds. It's a great idea. Yeah. Like that. Just moderation in all things. Yep. Except like Christmas cookies and things like that. Or as Jack Farrell would say, everything in moderation except Except moderation. Except moderation. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to the phone. Scott in Ham Lake is on the horn. Uh, Scott, what can we do for you? Hey, Scott. Hi. Say, I was wondering if it's too late to put straw on the garden and what I should do with my asparagus plants that are... What are they, one-year-old? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just plant them last summer. Excellent. Okay. So what you want to do is make sure you've cleaned up your veggie garden as much as you can. You can cut down the asparagus or you can leave it up, whatever you want. Then go ahead. It is a good time to put the straw on the soil because you don't want bare soil out there. Even if there's some snow, I still would put the straw on the on the soil. Um, put a layer of straw. And then next year, um, just make sure your asparagus, you give it some um, extra compost, watch for weeds, and you're going to have to wait another two years before you can have any... Um, 
So next year, if you want and it looks really healthy, I'll let you have one spear. And then after on the third year, you can harvest as regular. Good luck. That's, right. a, that's fun. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to the text messages, Teresa. Uh, with, or rather, will a slip from a Hoya Carnosa ever bloom? It is growing well. It will bloom. They um, like a little uh, to be kind of tight in their pots, and they, they do take a long time to bloom, and they need a bright, bright, bright light. So maybe put a grow line on it, even if it's in the window. Um, it should bloom eventually, but they're not something that blooms really frequently. So it's got to be pretty established, pretty old, and lots of light, and maybe even a little, a little stressed in a, in a tighter pot. Uh, I've heard, now I don't know if you've heard this, and I have not, but I've heard, Texter says, that a maple version of Dutch elm disease is spreading towards here. Is this true, and can you suggest alternative trees? I have not heard of that. However, there are insects that love maple trees. They're their favorite. I think gypsy moths love maple trees. Um, but I haven't heard of the Dutch elm. Uh, I haven't heard of a disease, uh, a vascular disease in um in maples. But what I would do is go to extension.umn.edu and click on the garden 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 tab and look for um, other wonderful trees from Minnesota. So think of things like, um, you know, ginkgos, they're not native here, but it is an option. Kentucky coffee trees, um, um, magnolias, service berries. We have what, you know, we have wonderful, wonderful tree options. Not everything has to be a maple. Try to get those things, um, you know, changed up. Uh, you can put in some of the Dutch elm-resistant elm trees. They're beautiful. Uh, so try things like that. Add some fruit trees. Put a little variety in your life out there. Now, does the uh, university website have some ideas on trees uh, if you... Uh... They would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And what is that website? Extension.umn.edu. Yeah, so they'll give you some ideas. Um, I think Minneapolis also has small trees. I think there's some some like small trees for under high wires. And that's something when you're going to plant a tree, look up first. Well, if there's a, a high wire point. there, yeah. don't plant a tree there because you're going to have to be pruning it or you're going to have to cut it down. Just put it somewhere else in your yard. Put a bush there instead. There you go. Back to the phones, Teresa. Barbara is calling from St. Paul. Barbara, you're on with uh, Teresa. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Um, did you guys talk about Christmas cactus already today? Because I tuned in late. That's okay. Well, what's your question? Well, we did, but hey, I don't mind repeating myself. <laughs> you're new. Um, you're new to this part of the show. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, mine hasn't bloomed. Mm-hmm. And so, what what do I need to do? So we didn't talk about that. That's an excellent question. Okay. Um, okay. So that's good. So in the old days, old fashioned days, um, um, Grandma's Christmas cactus always bloomed because Grandma had it in the east window, and the wi- and she'd close the curtains every night, and the windows were really bad, and it would let the cool air in, and the so the the Christmas cactus got that cool temperature at night, and then the warm temperature in the daytime. So what your cactus needs is a difference of about five to ten degrees between night and day. So we keep our houses always the same heat. That kind of makes it hard. So sometimes leaving your Christmas cactus outside in the summertime and then into the fall when we get some of those cooler nights is really good or even out on your three-season porch. Bring it in, of course, before it gets under 40-ish. But give it those cooler nights. That's what it needs. Once it starts forming its buds, try not to move it because those buds fall off really easy. And then just keep the watering as normal. Good luck. Thanks, Barbara. Uh, Texter has a mole problem. I would think that might be ending at least. Mole might be ending, but the voles are going to come on strong. But this now. one is specifically <laughs> tunneling, mm-hmm. uh, Sandy. So besides making tunnel, what are the uh, what are those mole? What are the it says miles, but they want to. What are the moles doing in my lawn anyway? 
They are eating those wonderful Japanese beetle grubs. They are eating some earthworms. They're eating beetles. They're eating other grubs. So they're either there because there's a food source there. It's like why you go to a restaurant. Why are you there? Because you're going to eat. So they're in your lawn because they're going to eat. Once the food is gone, they will go away. Um, you can use some of the things like a um, castor. What is it? Castor. Oh, um, castor. Castor oil? bean oil. Castor. Oh, not castor oil. Um, it's oil. It's like Moltox. It'll be oil. And um, that that repels them, so they go away. Um, they'll come back again if the food is still there. And you probably only have one mole, but they can dig 250 to 500 feet a night. Wow. So one mole can do a lot of damage. You can also use some of the traps that you set over their tunnel, and it spears them. Yeah. Which is, then, they'll, then they're dead. Okay. And then the Japanese beetles will say hooray, and they will all come out and eat your plants all summer. My goodness. <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a finality there, there's, there. There's, uh, you know, there's repercussions to there's everything we do. <laughs> Life is filled with trade-offs. You, you always That's have true. to know there's always con- there's always consequences. All right. This is uh, the time of the year when folks get yeah, – we're almost out of time, okay. Teresa. Thanks for coming in. I can't uh, stay another three hours. Well, we might well, – hold on. Be careful what you wish. <laughs> uh, get to the Arboretum. Yep. First of all. Oh, they have a wonderful, I've just wonderful out in the Great House. So go to the Arboretum. Mm-hmm. All right. And they'll have like hot chocolate days. They'll have walking on the three-mile drive, everything. You want some great reading, great research, get on the website. Get on the website, extension.umn.edu, and have a wonderful, safe holiday. Very good. We'll see you soon. See Teresa, you soon. Thanks mm-hmm. very much, Thank Master you. Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.